0: What does he, do? he might
1: Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Swansblog, Swanscast. Tonight, I'm joined by Titus O'Reilly. Titus, how are you? I'm well. And where would our listeners know you from? Well, uh, probably from Twitter and online
0: and uh, also uh, Channel 7 as well, and I uh, do Nova uh, FM as well. So a few different places, but a lot of them would probably know me from social media, I imagine.
1: And definitely those funny tweets that come in during the week, especially on the weekend.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yes, it's all. Uh, sorry, it's all. Um, it's all uh, pretty busy on social media over managing to watch every single game <laughs> each week.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, what sort of what else are you doing at the moment? I hear there's a bit of comedy on the on the horizon for you.
0: Yeah, I've got a few things going on at the moment. One of them, I'm coming up to uh, Sydney in. Uh, Later in the bye week before the finals, so on uh, Friday, September the first, I'm doing a show at the concert, Concourse Concert Hall up there. So that's uh, me doing live stand up for about uh, an hour, and then uh, Sergio Paradise, who I do my podcast with, comes out and joins me. And I've uh, done, this would be my third show up in Sydney now over the last oh, awesome. couple of years, and we did in mm-hmm. the bye round last week, and it was uh, last year, and it was really fun.
1: And you've had pretty good ticket sales on that, and it's going gangbusters.
0: Yeah, no, going really well. Um, so uh, if people are interested, you can um, jump online, either go to my website or uh, they're also on sale through, uh, in, in Sydney, they're through au as well. So um, we had a good one last year and this year it looks like, it didn't look like this earlier in the year, but it looks like we could have uh,
1: both Sydney teams in the finals. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, we'll definitely get to... Uh the Giants and the Swans, there's um, definitely a bit of wrap-up from the weekend where the Swans and Demons are concerned. Um, What's your thoughts on the game?
0: Well, I thought uh, it was interesting because Melbourne have, you know, I'm a Melbourne supporter, Melbourne have have won four games in a row until then and um, I can't even remember that happening before so that was pretty amazing and then they had a lot of injuries so I wasn't very confident and then... You know, Viney going off didn't help. But uh, the thing that struck me most—I think everyone was a bit in shock after uh, Bug uh, uh, hit Mills in that in that early on early on thing. Yeah, and
1: the first four I minutes. I remember se-
0: seeing it, and yeah, and everyone was just—even all the Melbourne supporters where I was sitting were just in shock because it was. I mean, not only was it a low act, um, it got extra points for stupidity because yeah. the week we'd just had. I mean, it's. It's never. Let's be clear. It's never a good time to hit anyone. Um, but doing it the week after we just had the debates about um, uh, about uh, Hawley. Oh, if there um, was
1: any week not to do it, it was definitely this that's week. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so I
0: think he deserves at least an extra couple of weeks off on top of whatever he normally gets for stupidity. And uh, for Melbourne at a time when you know they've got half their list out um, and they really do have a lot of injuries. It, wasn't a very smart move, but I, I almost thought for a moment in that early bit to those, the game that you guys might stuff it up by just not being able to kick straight. Oh, it was that's unbelievable.
1: A, that's a fear that every Swan supporter had. We, <laughs> I, I, like you said, you haven't really remembered the last time that Demons won four in a row. I actually can't even remember a game where I've seen a team have their first eight shots miss. Not even a goal. It was incredible.
0: Yeah, I mean... Gary Rowan was having a, a nightmare early on. I mean, he was almost Melbourne's best player in the first 15 minutes. And then Single-handedly it just kept, kept you in it. Yeah, it just kept going on and on and on. And, uh, you know, and I kept thinking because it was such an – over I think, you know, you were 11 behind at one point. It was such an overwhelming dominance that I was like, this can't continue. But yeah. then Melbourne sort of kicked back and kicked those four or so goals. And I suddenly thought – well, it'll be interesting to see Sydney keep going here or whether, you know, sometimes the side kind of realises it's not their night. But to your boys' credit, they, uh, they're they a bit like the Swans of old rather than that Swans <laughs> yeah. in the first six weeks that we saw, which were not very Swan-like.
1: No. Well, they, they definitely kept up the uh, the yips in front of goals for a few more minutes in the second quarter. And I think it was um, 2.12 or 2.13 before they started really winding up the goals. So, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh,
0: it was amazing. It was... um, And they just... It was just the weight of, you know, you basically, you know, the, the ball barely even saw our Ford 50 for long periods of time. It sort of became a stranger to it. So, you know, <laughs> you, you sort of, you had to win. I mean, if you hadn't lost if you hadn't lost that, it would have been amazing. But, um, you know, it is amazing. I went and spoke to um Ted Richards had a lunch down here um, where well, they did a bit of a, the uh, club put on a bit of a, um, uh, recognising his career down in Melbourne because he had a lot of family down here. And and he asked me to come along and speak at that. And I remember at the time when I was speaking to that c- group, of about 250 Swan supporters, that you were one and six. Um, yeah. And it's kind of bizarre. you know. And I'd tipped you to be six and one at that point in the season, so I'd got the numbers right, just ran the wrong way. And uh, I remember thinking, talking to a few Swan supporters and said, well, oh, I don't think you can make finals now, surely. And um, <laughs> they're proving me wrong. But we, they agreed. It was the the, the the odds. You had to basically not lose any games. Oh, so You yeah. could drop about two or three for the rest of the season. And, and lo and behold, that's what you seem to almost be doing.
1: Oh, look, the um, the next couple of games are going to be telling. But to come back from that far back for, I think, for most of supporters, it's a bit of a shock at some... Um, I think the the Swans win over Essendon the week before really encapsulates our season of just what on earth is happening. How how have we even done that?
0: Yeah, no, it's, it'll be. I mean, I think you're also helped by the fact this is just such a crazy season. I mean, yeah. this season is drunk. It it really needs to you know give it up. Like, how was North can't... Melbourne second last? Oh, that's right. It's, you look at you look at some of the bottom teams. I mean, yeah, and look up in Sydney, and I know I've done a lot of stuff up in sydney over the years so i know you get a very different you know in melbourne you get this bubble of melbourne media where they talk up all the melbourne sides even if they're hopeless but you know the way people talk up carlton and north and you look at them and they're 17th and 16th on the ladder um but i think that just shows that apart from brisbane it runs and even they got up on the weekend it's a it's a pretty even competition you know there's you can't slack off, and and no lead is good enough anymore. You know, you used to get get twenty points up, twenty five points up, in even thirty points up in the fourth quarter, and you'd think, well, we're
1: home here. And now you just start to get nervous. Oh yeah, oh, there's been too many too many comebacks. You know, there's another one with the Giants almost snatching a win. They shouldn't have let the cats get out that far, but you know, Tom Hawkins he had a chance to win it, and just. Oh. Worst set shot on goal I've seen all season. I
0: know, you, you Swan supporters will be, you know, shattered that <laughs> <laughs> he missed
1: that shot. <laughs> oh, I, I kind of enjoyed that myself. <laughs> 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 but, um, yeah, look, you look at the ladder and it's amazing. There's only two games that separates 10th and 4th. And the most incredible part about that is the fact that the Swans gave everyone a six-game head start and the ninth.
0: Yeah, that's tried. Right. I mean, it just shows you that first month isn't really worth it. You want <laughs> yeah. to just stay home next time. But, but if you look at it, you know, above above you guys, you've got St. Kilda who are hardly convincing, West Coast who aren't great, Melbourne have now Viney, Salem, Hogan. Uh, who else have they got out? Um, Soon to be Bog. They got all from, <laughs> I mean, he should get six weeks. I mean, I think just without even you know yeah. debating it, I think anything less than I think anything less than six is silly. The thing about it is, with that is, you know, I mean, one is not an AFL executive, so you know you can't go around hitting people. <laughs> You're overseas diversity program, but I mean, someone's the way the AFL I think has to crack down on these things, and 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 Mills did go off and cast. But one day a bloke's not going to get up from that. Oh, yeah. And, and, and if the AFL don't crack down on this stuff and say, because the one thing I hate about punches to the head and elbows to the head too is if you can get, it's all what we've learned from the one punch stuff is it all comes down to luck in a way. You know, you can hit a guy with not that much force but if you crack them just right,
1: yeah, you absolutely. can do a
0: lot of uh, trouble. You can you, know, you can kill them. So, you know, the AFL kind of always has put this thing on. You know, Mills can concussed, but you he know, didn't get stretched off. So, does that count as bad? And uh, to me, I'm like, well, Bug didn't know that when he threw the punch.
1: Absolutely. You know what I mean?
0: It's not like he coordinated the punch. to Go. You know, I'm just going to hit him hard enough to, uh, you know, make him feel a bit. You know, <laughs> concussed <laughs> rather than kill him. Exactly. I mean, so that's you know. Um, I've seen Bug. He can't hit a target that closely. So uh,
1: he has a track record of doing stupid things anyway. So
0: well, you guys has a club hated him when he was at GWS, didn't you? Yeah. Oh yeah, uh,
1: yeah. No, we did. We did the first couple of games. History, and he had that Ben McgLynn moment where he's um, questioning him about the grand final in 2012, back in 2013. So yeah, he's he's definitely got history doing these sort of things, and um. I saw your tongue in cheek comment on your knee jerk reaction post today where you said, Anyone who's a Melbourne supporter knows that it's definitely within character of Thomas Bug.
0: Oh, very well. Well, that was the thing with Basher Hawley. You kind of, a lot of people were sort of surprised he did it. You know, whether he should have got less weeks because he's supposedly a nice person off the field or not is another debate. But at least most people thought it was out of character. When you heard it was Thomas Bug, no one was saying, Well, that's a surprise. But I mean, at the same time, at Melbourne, you know, it could have been Jesse Hogan, or it could have been, uh, you know, it could have been um, uh, Jordan uh, Lewis as well. We, you know, so I, being a Melbourne supporter, I've gone from a club that never worried anyone to suddenly we're all drunk and hitting people. So <laughs> a premiership is round the corner, surely, if uh, previous team success shows it.
1: Oh, I think Collingwood leads away in that. They're the Trailblazers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's um, it's certainly really interesting, and that's going to have to be a bit of a, a litmus test for the AFL when that comes up in a couple of days. And as you would know, that has been referred directly to the tribunal from the ER uh, from the MRP. So there's not going to be any dancing around. There's not going to be any of this points being tallied or anything like that. It's straight off to the good bloke policy, and uh, let's see who we can get in as as references this week
0: yeah that's right well, but my problem with the whole way it's set up and the mills incident is the perfect one is um there's been three incidences actually in the last two weeks there's the basher there's the, and they're all slightly different there's there's well there's actually four there's the there's probably more but a four I can think of that illustrate the point is the a f l judges mm-hmm. it on how hard you manage to basically connect yeah. and how much damage you do and the problem I have with that is you look at the Mills, the Basher-Hawley, um, the one where Schofield yep. uh, clipped um, Olive, Clayton Oliver, yep. and I know that's controversial, that one, And then, but I put it in there for a reason. And then even the Joel Selwood elbow to the back of the head that he did on Sam Mitchell, right? You look at all of those. They're all blows to the head. They all make contact, even though many people argue that Clayton Oliver wasn't that hard. But to me the AFL has to do something about if you throw an elbow or a punch at a head, the risk, you know, you can't control how hard or where you catch them or the result you... you So I think the AFL needs to look at it and just say, all of those incidents to me should almost be You know, four weeks or something plus whatever extra, depending on how hard. But they should have a almost a mandatory sentence. Yeah, mandatory
1: sentence. I agree. And that if
0: you throw that because Schofield, when he got off, and everyone said it was insufficient force, I'm like, he actually did make contact with the chin. Even he he admitted that, right? So, even though like the Clayton, whether Clayton staged or not is actually irrelevant in this debate because I say he didn't know he was only going to clip Oliver. He was lucky. What if Oliver had leant in slightly? Or what if just Oliver had caught him in a certain way? And that's the thing with Callum Mills is a perfect example. Like, you know, Callum Mills could be in a coma right now. Absolutely, yeah. You know, so so that's where for me, you know, intent and then, you know, and and all that doesn't really matter. But then when Bug came on 10 or 7 straight afterwards and said he didn't mean to hurt the bloke, um... You know that was his kind of what he said on the post match interview that you know. I don't know if that was very genuine him. though,
1: but like he came on and well, he's. Well, I, I know
0: he came on. I'm sure he came yeah, on. Yeah, he came on. Know. Yeah, he came on to try and you know knew he'd done the wrong thing and thought it best that he apologised. But to say you didn't mean hurt the bloke, hurt the bloke. Well, you know he's
1: taken a fair swing.
0: You throw, throw a punch, you have no control of what happens next. That's the whole message of the one punch campaigns. Oh, yeah. So the oh, AFL really is behind on this, I think.
1: Yeah, they're a long way behind. And look, if you go back and look at the rules and the laws of the game, they do say that if you strike or you have an intent to strike, like even if it's just attempt to striking, you're supposed to get suspended for it. But this is like every other league except the AFL. The AFL is not going to suspend someone for just having a fresh area and, oh, didn't connect. Play on. Don't worry about it. Yeah.
0: And I mean, I look at something like what Buddy did this week that he got cited for, and I say the difference with that is... And I know he I think he got let off the d yeah, for, yeah. but I look at that, and at least what he was doing there was a footy action, yep, you know, like it was a it was an attempt to um you know hip and shoulder which is part of the game, and we don't want it to there's always going to be risk, and there's always going to be contact and we don't not saying get rid of that, but that's very different to an elbow or a closed fish fist punch, you know they're just they're just very different things, and that's where I think they can have slight like a lot tougher laws on the on the throwing, the punch, or an elbow at the head, at the head yeah, specifically. absolutely.
1: And I think the Joel Selwood one is a really good example of that. And there's tons of examples where players have been on the ground, the cop knees and elbows. And, you know, Sam Mitchell, he was the recipient of one from Joel Selwood, but he's definitely thrown his own fair share of elbows to players on the ground. So. Well, he's more in Nia. Yeah more professed than many people, so you know, they've all got their, their little special It's like finishing
0: moves in the WWE, oh, yeah. they've all got their
1: favourites And Hodge has got his good old drive-by elbow as well
0: Yeah, no, it's all, uh, as I always say, it's all Hawthorne's fault
1: Yeah, absolutely Look, um, I don't know if you've got uh, any heroes or villains of the week, um, would you have any? Well, I, I
0: mean, villain easily was was bug because even yeah. you know you know it's bad when even me being a Melbourne supporter, Mel, no Melbourne supporter's going. Well, hang on, he's a good guy, or <laughs> he, he, no, no one's even half-hearted offered a, you know, a bit of it. Like the the Richmond supporters on Basher Hawley were out saying, you know, he just he was trying to break a tackle and wasn't looking, and they, you know what I mean. They were yeah. all offering excuses, even if they knew it was a bit of nonsense. Was we we have not even. We haven't even launched a slight fight back. It's just like, yep, yeah, mate, it was a dog he totally <laughs> yeah. Did. yeah, he's a shit bloke, too. Yeah.
1: Piss him off pretty <laughs> <So that's>, much. <laughs> yeah, so
0: that's kind of it. I thought another villain was, I thought, Nick Rewalt. Did you yes, see the incident? Yeah, I, did, where I got, did. He got the ball thrown back to him after a free kick and. Umpire wasn't looking, so he didn't purposely didn't catch it, <laughs> and then pretended the guy didn't returned it to him. Possibly. Oh, the umpire got
1: sucked in big time on that one. That was yeah. It wasn't it wasn't great to sort of see that, but it was still pretty funny to watch it at the time. Yeah, but
0: it's one of those things where it's both. It is clever, but at the same time, you got to kind of say, "Well, you know, it is a bit of a low act." But anyway, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I thought Michael Walters was my hero playing. He, I don't. Not many people probably saw it, it was on Foxtel on it. On Fox footy, it's, you know, in the evening's Twilight Sunday game, but he almost single-handedly beat St. Kilda. He had 32 touches and kicked six, six, six goals, two behind, and 18 of his possessions were contested.
1: Yeah, he was absolutely phenomenal, and I've been waiting for him to fire all season, and he's definitely shown that he's got the ability to do it. It's just... They've been so shit at times. That that team has yeah. been so inconsistent, it's unbelievable.
0: I know. It's just terrible watching Ross Lyon go through all that pain, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can really sympathize with him too much. <laughs> 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 I mean, it is Fremantle after all. <laughs> but, uh, no, they're, um, they're a couple of great ones. And um, for myself, uh, my villain of the week has definitely got to be the uh, – What's his name? Ali Fahua.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah.
1: Our, our, uh, the, the
0: manager diversity of yes, the AFL. Yes, that's right.
1: He's, um, <laughs> I can't believe he's actually done something so incredibly stupid after Bugs done something so incredibly stupid. Uh, like, well, like I said before, think- if there's a week you don't want to do it, this is it. I mean, Bugs already put the spotlight oh, that's on right.
0: it. That's, that's, I mean, that's where the AFL would be extra annoyed because, you know, it's sort of a long tra- tra- uh, chain back to they tried to ban jump uh, jumper yep. punches and ever since then, everyone's belting each other like <laughs> something's much. in the water.
1: Or at least they're trying to rough each other without using their fists, using elbows, using heads, using everything else.
0: Yeah, that's right. So, um, <laughs> And if people haven't seen it, Ali for just playing suburban football, he's oh. deck, so, decked an opponent while he wasn't looking. Got almost like bug. It was almost
1: re- worse though. I reckon it was worse than bugs because... Like they were next to each other, but he's come running in from way outside and knocked the guy yeah. out when he wasn't even looking anywhere near that general direction.
0: And I think he clocked him a lot harder, like almost with an elbow. And, yeah. And that's another one where you look at it and just go. But I mean, doing stupid things is kind of in the job description of being an AFL executive. So <laughs> it doesn't really surprise me. Well, um, you, you never know. He
1: could be upgraded to the commission anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's
0: right. So, uh, you know, well, it's, um, it's, what I find astounding is the AFL have said they're not really going to make any comment until um, that local football league, um, I think it's the Northern Football League down here in yep. Melbourne, uh, have got their tribunal hearing on Wednesday. And the AFL have said they're not going to make any com- comment on him until that tribunal. Sits. It's a bit of a and the footage is like one one, the footage is clear, he just decked the bloke. And two, he came out and made no defence, said I totally did it and I was, you know, it was I'm ashamed by my actions. And what I love is the AFL, I mean, really, how can they keep this guy on? Oh yeah, yeah. But but instead they're saying, Well, we're gonna wait for the, the Northern Football League tribunal before making comment, like the Northern Football Tribunal is you know, the Supreme Court. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. it's just, like they're following they some sort of you know, nonsense due process that, you know, has to, you know, it's, it's a footy tribunal. They can still stack a bloke. To,
1: <laughs> well, why don't know, they just take Thomas Bug down there as well, do it all on Wednesday night, get it all done with it at the same time?
0: That's, yeah, it's pretty bad when you've got players and AFL executives both facing tribunals <laughs> yes. at the same time.
1: Throw them under the same bus. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so uh, anyway, it's a but just that's a that's another one where it's just it seems like you know each it's like Basher Hawley did something stupid so then Thomas Bug said well I'll take the focus off yep. you then mate and then Ali Vors going all
1: you know, <laughs> one up you. I'll fix it for you mate
0: so, <laughs> I don't know maybe Eddie McGuire's going to punch someone this tomorrow or something or Who Buckley knows?
1: Buckley will punch someone out. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Oh, look, the, uh, the worst thing is the, the bloke actually has a track record of doing it, um, and the Herald's son uh, had an article about it before where he's actually um, clocked someone previously, so right. he's not exactly uh, innocent, and he's not exactly uh, a good character or a good bloke, as he put it.
0: Well, maybe this is, this is uh, Ali Fahur, you mean. Yeah, yeah, Ali for Oh, so so maybe when they talk about AFL diversity, he's um, <laughs> he's for violent and non-violent people. Yep. so uh, he's going to all types.
1: Maybe he's diverse in who he strikes. That's right. <laughs> he'll, he'll hit anyone, no hit matter anyone, what yeah. their
0: colour or creed or religious background. I think that's great. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> no, no prejudice, just anyone. <laughs>
0: no, he'll hit anyone. <laughs>
1: Alright, uh, now for my hero of the week, uh, I'm giving it to an entire team, uh, I'm giving it to the Brisbane Lions. Oh, they were very good. Yeah, and for them to come down to Melbourne, and let's face it, they've, they've been in a pretty rotten run of form, to uh, take it away from the Bombers, not a big margin, but a win all the same. It's uh, it's a very good it's a very good thing for that football club. They need as many wins as they possibly can, and they need to get really good games into the young players. And they desperately need to keep them.
0: Well, they've been signing all their players recently, like in the last yeah, two months. signed.
1: I think two weeks. Yeah, ago. Yeah, he
0: was the big one, but they've signed about six other uh, lesser-known players. Um, they've gone from not being able to reta- you know sort of retain a yeah. single person to you know being really quite. Really, quite good at or uh, at retaining players. So, I think the, uh, I think the, I think they're staying to turn the corner. I generally think they're actually, you know, going to get somewhere in the next few years. And I think they've got the right coach for the first time. I think not having a red-headed coach <laughs> is really been a, been a good move for them.
1: Yeah, um, that actually does seem to have done him pretty good. He, uh, it was a
0: disastrous run, wasn't it? Oh, it really Boss- was. Leff-
1: Voss got them into the finals, and then they just collapsed in a heap after that. And what was it, like two or three seasons ago, they had, I think, five or six players, all their young kids, all the really good young kids, just up and leave and demand out of the football club. Yeah, they lost a lot of players. Yeah, they've... um, But they're doing well. Chris Fagan's up there. He's doing a fantastic job. Uh, So the club's finally got themselves together. They're inconsistent, but they're getting better. So the next couple of years is definitely a lot to like about them.
0: And everyone was backing for them when it looked like they were about to overrun Essendon. So um, it was a feel-good story. It was, the, it was a comeback story we could actually all get behind.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely, 100%. And I honestly wish that they win every other game except when they play the Swans. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, we've already played them, so it's not going to be a problem. Now, um, did you by chance happen to catch the Horn and Pacquiao fight?
0: Uh, I did and I've, been, I've, I've loved a couple of things I've loved the Americans' reaction yeah. to the fight That's been great um, I also love the fact that uh, in Australia You can become a national hero by beating up a 38-year-old <laughs> <laughs> it, really, uh, uh,
1: it really is a true example for the society these days, isn't it? Beat players up on the field, beat them up in a ring well,
0: the pro- I mean, there's no doubt he – I mean, when you saw the after f- photos, you know, Jeff Horn looked like he'd, he'd been the victim of an assault and Manny Pacquiao bet looked like he'd barely been touched. Um, and then on top of that, you had – this thing I find with boxing uh, – and I'm, all, I'm not a boxing hater, but I find it amazing with boxing so often. You never see two blokes in their prime going at it. It's always yep. like either oh, two guys who are both really past it or it's like that one where one's younger and one's, you know, Pacquiao's 38 now and he's definitely not at his prime anymore. No. Um, and he still went pretty close. So. He
1: should have won that fight. And one of the judges had it 117 to 111 horn. Uh, and I've got to be honest, I agreed with the American judges when they were screaming and ranting just what fight were they watching. And every article I've read since has basically said what fight were they watching. That was not 117, 111.
0: Yeah, no, it's um, it's uh, it's was it was, was strange. I mean, but you're sort of used to strange scoring. I mean, I did find it a bit funny when the Americans were going nuts about it, and then found out some of the judges were American. <laughs> um, that was. And so then, was know, how many how many fights in America has the judging been crazy? I mean, yep. this is the problem boxing has. You know, even people who um, really enjoy boxing kind of find it hard to defend some of the stuff that goes on with it these days. It
1: was a fantastic but, uh, fight all the same.
0: Yeah, and no, I mean, look, it was amazing. I mean, just the fact that Horn managed to stay in there and did fight a good fight overall is um, is, is pretty amazing. So, uh, but uh, I, I, I did find it amazing looking at the difference in ages. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and look, Pacquiao's. you're right, he's, he's old and he's not quite in his prime anymore, but... Um...
0: Yeah, I mean, he's still a great—he's still a great—a uh, fighter, though. I mean, it's—I couldn't last—you know—I probably only last six or seven rounds with him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I might last about six or seven punches. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think it would be a,
0: a true one punch. You know? <laughs> yeah. so those guys are, ama- are amazing. Probably so. still
1: knock me out even with a head guard on. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but. Uh... Look, he almost had him down in the ninth round as well. He uh punished him. It was all over him. Horn had Horn was all you know, almost on his ass at one point. And the yeah. the ref came in and he said, Look, show me something or else I'm gonna stop the fight and uh to his credit, he came out the next two, three rounds. He he pretty much clinched the fight from there. But you're right, looking at the side of his face, car accident. And Pacquiao yeah. looked like he'd barely even worked up a sweat for the whole match. So it was it- yeah.
0: If anything, Pacquiao just started slowly. So yeah. if there's any argument that, you know, for Horn winning, you can mount an argument that Pacquiao started pretty badly and that was probably what and that's the difference in a round by round scoring. It's not you know, it's not like a footy game of who finishes strongly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. it's
0: uh, it's, it's done you know, that's the way it works. So
1: And he was, certainly wasn't the most aggressive fighter throughout the fight anyway. And I think that's yeah. Probably, what the judges went for, landing punches, he wasn't anywhere near it. Um, I think it was 13 um, percent yeah, 13 percent of punches to about 30 percent of punches landed., uh, yeah. so it's really quite incredible that he won the fight, considering, considering the fact that he threw only about 60 or 70 more punches, but landed almost 100 less, so: um, That's right. But yeah, look, that one's going to be a hot topic for a while. The Australian news are unsurprisingly like, yeah, let's just uh, call him a champion and move on. And
0: well, Bruce else... said he's the most important person in Australian sport at the moment, which you know, I found a bit perhaps a little bit over the yeah, top.
1: I think that might be a little bit over the top, too. <laughs> 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 I think Danny Green's still relevant.
0: <laughs> well, I thought Danny Green came out in defense of Bug this uh,
1: today. I certainly hope not yeah no he did I'll find it while I'm here but I just found it um, unless he's suggesting he should become a boxer himself (laughs) he
0: should give up on the uh, on the trying to be uh, a footballer
1: whole thing but um how'd you guys get him again was that through the AFL reality show (laughs) he's from the recruit (laughs) um no, boxing, uh, Danny
0: Green said there is not much in Melbourne defenders' Tom Bug's punch that knocked out Sydney youngster Callum Mills on Friday night, So, um, which I found quite amazing. Yeah, that's, his, uh, he said this on SEN, which is the raid sports station down here on the radio. He said there's not much in that incident whatsoever. It was very bad luck on Tom's bath that he actually landed the shot. He got bumped and all he sort of did was lash out with his arm. It wasn't like he was trying to hit him or trying to hurt him. He was just lashing out. Well, I think when you look, got to remember when you read those quotes from Danny Green is um, Danny's been hit in the head a lot. <laughs> yeah,
1: maybe, maybe one too many times, I think, with a comment like that. but Well, I mean, considering Danny's like, you know, the face of
0: a one-punch-can-kill campaign, but uh, like I said, he's had a lot of blows to the head, so let's, you know.
1: Yeah, I'll I'm not put... sure where those comments really came from, what sort of drove those comments. If he's well, looking... he was on being
0: interviewed about the... Um, he was being interviewed about the horn fight on on Messi and they started to ask him about it. So, and then he he said of Mills, obviously he doesn't have a strong chin. He gets knocked out and got concussed pretty badly.
1: Well, so that's nice of Danny to chime in there. <laughs> well, isn't it? Um, what you were talking about last week with Sergio that, uh, especially with concussions, you don't have to have a you know a granite chin. You can get brushed and you can get knocked out, and that's really about it
0: well i mean that's that's part of the thing is like I just know from talking to people who've worked in this that I knew someone that got killed playing footy, and uh it what happened with them is they just got a basically a bump um that they weren't expecting, and it was not very hard at all yeah um and doctors, I remember afterwards saying. That just sometimes happens. The brain's a funny thing; it can get. Now, that's not always, but the risk is always there. It can just catch you in a certain way, and um, you know, you see people sometimes on the footy field getting absolutely cleaned up and have no concussion. Yeah, uh, you know, or getting punched and be fine. So, you know, there's, you know, it's just obviously something that I don't pretend to be an expert with, but it seems to me to not have any. Con- it's not always relative to. It's you know, it's it's a combination of where someone is hit, partly the how hard it is, the angle and how their own body reacts basically. Yeah. Um, And and I love all the tough guys. They were doing this with the Clayton Oliver and people doing it with Kellen. I mean, Danny Green Green, is a tough guy, but all the footy fans on social media going, I barely touched him.
1: Barely (laughs) touched him. (laughs) Most of these guys would have never even been hit. But his face almost went 180 degrees. That's how hard he hit him. He got, got him
0: flush. Oh, look, he hit him pretty hard, but also... You know, Callum's a football player. They boxer, train for yeah. a certain type of being hit, not being hit in the head thousands of
1: times. <laughs> not only that, they're doing it with their fists, not with gloves. So,
0: Yeah, that's right. So, um, you know, that that's right. So, I mean, that's the thing I also think is, like, you know, Mills wasn't really expecting Bug to hit him too. You know, he wasn't ready no for it have. either. I, I so. would
1: think it would be reasonable to expect that no one would expect to be hit when running side-by-side side with another player like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's times when players square up and do all the jumper punches and that where, you know, and I'm not saying that makes it okay, but at least, you know, the player thinks this could happen to me, yeah. you know. But um, with this one, it was just kind of out of left f- It was a little bit out of left field there.
1: Well, it's, so. it's a bit like watching um, Mike Sheen do his interviews with players from the 50s and 60s and 70s talking about how they used to square up and the umpires used to say, all right, you squared up, off you go, keep going.
0: Yeah, it's a bit like the
1: ice hockey, you know, where... Decking players play off the back, play. yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, at it's... Um, yeah, it's not a good look, but I think another player, like you like you said, you've talked to doctors. Another player, a very famous example, um, is Blake Caracella. That just goes to show what an accidental impact to the neck or the head can actually do to a player on the field. Um, yeah. And do you remember that incident? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that sort of really preceded the whole "let's protect the head." That was back in two thousand
0: and three, two thousand and four. Yeah, and I mean that's the thing that's happening now is we're finding all the, the huge impact these things have on people and long term, and you know, you don't—it doesn't even need to be a knockout punch. So, you know, that's the—that's—that's that's the reality of uh, what the AFL now faces ahead of itself that it has to watch out for.
1: Absolutely, and. I thought they went about it the right way a few years ago when they basically said head is sacrosanct. Let's protect the head at all costs and give free kicks where where it's high and things like that. And then players found a way to exploit it, and they really did exploit it. And there was that particular Brisbane Lions player on debut. He got um, how many free kicks for high? Was oh, it yeah, twelve was that a, or thirteen or whatever? He, yes. got about four or four. Yeah. he got a heap. And of And Will Selwood is the poster child. Yes, British he though. is. But the one thing you can say about Selwood is he's actually pretty tough. And a couple of weeks ago, he proved it. <laughs> well, I have no problem with
0: Selwood being tough because I think there's, like, there's no debate about Selwood being yep. tough. But the thing that's always bothered me about Selwood is uh, not about him being tough, but about the fact that you know the AFL have brought in a rule, rightly, to try and minimize the impact of – Long-term injury on players, um, and you know, done it with the, actually for once with the best intentions um, of protecting players and how you know and their long-term health and mental health and all those sort of things, all the things we're learning. And they bring in this rule to protect the players, and then someone like Selwood, who's a, is an undisputed star of the game, exploits that. Yep. One, to his own potential detriment, but I think, well, what's that sending as a message to all the junior players and everything? And you can just bet a fair bit of them are uh, are copying that. So to me, I think what he's doing is it's undoubtedly he's very good at it and all those things, but I, I do find it a bit, I don't know, distasteful that he's using, uh, you yeah, know, he's learned a trick that's actually, you know, He's not exploiting, like, a just a, a normal rule loophole. This is one that, you know, actually needs some yeah. support from players. So that's been always my issue with it.
1: You know, the age-old saying, you know, you give someone a, a string of rope and they'll hang themselves with it. Yeah, but at what point the players have to kind of, I mean, you know, the
0: AFL can only do so much to protect players' heads. And there's an element of, um, and, you know, you talk to rugby players and things like that, they they know about, you know, who have a lot of neck injuries and stuff like that, that they know that there's certain ways to behave out on the field. As much as you go hard, there are certain things you don't do in the scrum yes. and certain things you don't do in tackles because if you do, you're really going to hurt someone and, and they self-regulate to, an ex, to a fair extent. You know, there's always some idiot, but overall... And that's my issue a bit with with it. I know it's getting on probably a bit of a high horse about it, but I just no, find I agree it with you. A bit like, you know, it's all right for Selwood, sure, but we don't know the long-term issues he's going to have.
1: And I think the AFL has been a bit slow to catch up on that anyway, especially where the players are concerned. Um,
0: but it's very hard for play, the AFL and uh, both the AFL and umpires to enforce a rule like that if you're going to have someone like Selwood uh, so openly and successfully exploit it, yeah. Because it leaves the ump's with the position of either going, oh well, we'll just we'll just not pay that as much. So and that's what they've done
1: this people, season. They've had to do it this season because that's right.
0: And I think it's yeah. to the detriment of players' long term health. And that's all come around from now. That, now they have to guess because the game's just too fast.
1: Absolutely. You know, so and
0: look, on that's the, where I actually think that yeah. the AFL, it's, it is up to the players a little bit of, you know, do, how they want to set this out. And the fact, Selwood, the only reason Selwood doesn't get accused of being a ducker more than, uh, you know, or a stager, is like, you know, that you saw Oliver being yep. called a stager and other players have been called a stage like Rand. Well, you could argue what he's doing is staging on a massive amount. Now, the only reason he seems to you know he's overcompensated by being so tough in every other way which he is that he's he's sort of immune from that criticism but if any other player did it like he did they'd be called a stager all the time <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah they they really would um and i think it all started a bit in the early part of last year um And you you look at players like Lindsay Thomas, who was probably the most highest profile player and potentially the highest profile incident of trying to milk free kicks where there weren't free kicks or induce head high contact. You know, with with the game they had in Tasmania against Sydney where he was able to drag Nick Smith's arm from a normal tackle all the way up around his head just by, you know, reaching for his phone and doing a phone call sort of action. Yeah. And... That's really forced the AFL to make changes to how they're supposed to adjudicate head high contact and now basically go back to almost 15 years ago where if you leap with your head, we're not going to protect you.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: And there's, on the weekend, especially with the Swans and Demons game, there was two examples and they both went to the MRP and they were both let go. There was Zach Jones on Mitch Hannon and Lance Franklin on Mitch Hannon. Yeah, yeah. Did you catch these at the ground? Uh, I, I,
0: I saw them, but not well. And then I've seen them both on replay uh, a few times as well. And you know, obviously being a of Milmsport, they're brutal incidences, and your play should have been rubbed out forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've, no, but, um, I think
1: Mitch is go for for uh, staging. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean,
0: you know, like those things are going to happen, I guess. And I thought they're probably the right decisions by the uh, match review panel. But, um, but you know, just I just think it's a more complex area now that it needed to be because of players yep. uh, doing this stuff. And it's a case where the um, at some point the AFL are going to be saying, "Well, we kept trying to bring in the right rules, and the players kept." A minority of players kept doing the wrong thing, making it almost impossible to to actually police.
1: And that's something that maybe the AFLPA can come in, in consultation with the AFL and, you know, set sort of the ground rules of, I don't know, accepted gamesmanship or sportsmanship for the players within games, you know, let's try not to do things like this. Let's try not to be, uh, let me me find it. I've got my little document here with uh, who's in the MRP. Let's try not to do Webster's eye gouge incident and, you know, absolutely crazy things like that, which is absolutely beyond reason. I honestly don't even know why, why Webster would actually eye gouge Subin. No, it's something it's, it's, it's <laughs> to be avoided. In <laughs> but level, that, so. That's not even excusable. I mean, not even a good bloke reference is going to save him on that one.
0: No, that's one of the... I, I think there's a pretty strong consensus that eye-gouging is not um
1: not something that people <laughs> appreciate. Maybe back in the 20s or 30s, yeah, but uh, we've kind of moved on from those years. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Last time I checked, we aren't doing spot kicks or place kicks on the field, so... Um, no. no. it's um It's pretty incredible what some of the players get away with these days. All the good old punching to the guts and you don't even get a fine, or if you get a fine, it's only like 500 bucks, a $1,000, you know, it's really nothing in the end.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the missing time that really uh, affects them in a major way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And look, if there's something the AFIPA can do there to um, improve player standards on the field, then I think that's something that they should do. But I think I might be uh, reaching for a – or clutching for a straw that doesn't exist. So, <laughs> <laughs> Or hanging myself on a branch that's about, you know, way for thin. That's right. <laughs> I think I'm asking too much of something that's not going to deliver. So um, now the rest of the MRP talk. So Zach Jones was cleared of any wrongdoing. Um, and this was, again, like the Lance Franklin incident. This was a football act. They're both going for the ball. And the main difference was Hannon led with his head, he went in head first. Uh Zach Jones went in body first and then he he shouldered up and kept his line while Hannon sort of kind of I don't know, it wasn't really head over ball, he was just going head first. A bit like Horn was against Pacquiao and um got his head clipped. Well I thought
0: I thought it was two plays going for the ball and it was kind of as occasionally happened. Yeah. They sort of both entered the competition awkwardly. Yep. You know, not in their own fault, but just the nature of the three hundred and sixty nature, you know, degree nature of our game means that happens. Absolutely, um, and you know, sometimes the players are in a, a odd position when they meet up, but I didn't think there was anything, you know, particularly untoward.
1: Yeah, I, I look. It, it certainly wasn't a nasty one, and I know after the game, the uh, the guys on Foxtel, especially. Um, that bloke who's always talking about MRP news, uh, I can't remember his name. John Ralph. Ralph? Yeah, John Ralph, the guy who was uh, always trying to blow everything out of proportion and sensationalise everything. He's saying, oh, you know, Zach Jones is going to get a week for that, and I think everyone else with you know an IQ above two was basically saying he's not going to get a thing for that. So no,
0: and I think that Mitch didn't go off for like you know hour, you know that there's the sort of impacts and,
1: but no, I think that would have been. I mean, you can. not it is still a contact sport. Yeah. You can't outlaw that sort of stuff. I mean, you can look at players like Jack Siebel who are, they're reckless. They go in hard, but they're reckless in what they do. And um, look, he's been fined for something silly again. And, you know, Mitch McGovern's been fined for striking. So, you know, there's, there's another example of just body striking and things like that. And I've got to be honest, there's actually quite a lot of fines this round. I think there's about six or seven fines all up. So... Um, well, I think
0: the match review panel are a bit low in their season <laughs> drinks fund,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. you'll find. <laughs> that beer fridge has been cleaned out already.
0: <laughs> that's, right. that's right. So, uh, that's, um, they need some money for Ali for Hall's legal <laughs> yeah. defense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, moving on, uh, we've got the rest of the round to talk about. So, you did a pretty nice knee reaction right up where you've sort of gone through each one of them. Um, so, if you don't mind, I'll just sort of read a, a quick sort of uh, quote from each game, if that's okay. Sure. Uh, so, um, you got the melbourne City game. You know, this week, Melbourne's players were either injured, drunk, or belting people. They were more bad 21st party than football team, and the result proved that. <laughs> I think... It that, was true. They were, yeah, they were all
0: over the shop.
1: I think that is 100% reasonable. Can't argue with that. Then we've got Western Bulldogs and West Coast. Um... And I think, I think you're totally right that saying, you know, the Bulldogs are playing at home against a team that travels worse than tired toddlers. Yeah, and they, that was terrible.
0: I, th- I think the the Bulldogs are probably, you'd argue, out of
1: contention after that. Yeah, well, look, they never looked strong from about the fourth or fifth round into the season. They've act- they've looked pretty ordinary. But yeah, I was shocked when I saw the scoreline. I, I couldn't believe it. No, uh, oh, they played terribly. The actual the game was
0: really, you know, they 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 sort of didn't wake up until the third, late in the third quarter, and and did well to even get close, really.
1: And there's been you know a bit of talk about the premiership hangover, or you know, too young a team getting up like Hawthorne did in two thousand and eight, or Essendon back in nineteen ninety three. But I don't think that's the case at all. They they kind of fought them back into what they were a couple of years ago, just like Port Adelaide did after their um, run in uh, 2014 or 2004. Yeah, yeah. 14, and yeah. then in 2015 and 16, they were pretty bad afterwards. So I think they're back in, back in what they usually are. Yeah. yeah. Then we've got Carlton Adelaide. Um, there's a lot to like about Carlton. I mean, not the club or the fans or any of the people involved. They're all awful. But as a football team, they are heading in the right direction. <laughs> well, I've long said about Carlton. Oh, remember,
0: remember when Buddy got into uh, trouble for throwing the imaginary spear? Yeah, yep. And there was all these people in the media saying, "Well, he pretended to <coughs> <coughs> throw oh, a spear." To it was at Carlton supporters. Yep. And I thought I wouldn't care if someone threw a real spear at a Carlton
1: supporter. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, absolutely agree there. Um, and then we've got Gold Coast and North Melbourne. Um, even though he hates them, the Gold Coast helped deliver a win to Gary Ablett in his three hundredth game. That they did. I think been- he'll be
0: gone next year. Yeah. He'll be down into long again.
1: And I reckon he'll be on, playing on peanuts as well.
0: He's still got thirty-seven possessions. So oh, for yeah. someone who's you know he's not getting any worse.
1: He's still got. A, he's still probably got another good two years ahead of him if he can keep his body right. Oh and if he goes into that Geelong side where he can
0: probably play forward most of the time.
1: Yeah, as a small forward. Mm-hmm. You could feasibly Complete. play another three, four years. It would be great to see Geelong have some success, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, I mean it's like they've been starved for it sixty, seventy years. <laughs> <laughs> um GWS and Geelong. Uh, <laughs> I, li- I like this I like this line. Whoever is writing this season must have watched a lot of Lost Growing Up. Just as you think you're about to learn something, that will fill in some of the gaps, nothing is resolved, and everything gets more confusing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. we were meant to find out who was better. But, uh, uh, <laughs> it was a draw, so that last you know, that yeah. last quarter was probably a quarter to forget for a couple of those players. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I mean, it
0: keeps everyone else's hopes alive that really they, any side can lose it this year as well as oh, win yeah. it. So,
1: absolutely. And uh, I that want to m-
0: playing you guys late in September. The way you are improving, you kind of just oh, yeah. peaking at the right time of the season is not very fair.
1: Well, you know, there is no such thing as a July Premier. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings. I was disappointed to learn that. I thought it. I thought Melbourne had won the premiership <laughs> yeah. the way we were celebrating. But anyway. Oh look, Rowan uh, Rowan Connolly was talking up uh, Melbourne in the media started last week as well. Did the did the article about why Melbourne can win the grand final or win the premiership? And had a chat about it with him last week. And uh, look, to to his credit and to Melbourne's credit, you know they were travelling really well for a good period of time, and and then that. Mm. So yeah, they don't get any sympathy votes from anyone. <laughs> um, and then probably the worst loss of the round, Port Adelaide and Richmond. Port's inability to beat the top sides has long been discussed, and it turns out they can't beat Richmond either. Ah, <laughs> uh, yep. Agreed, 100%. And it's going to be a, a while before we find out whether or not this is a genuine Richmond team. So, Yeah, I find it hard to
0: kind of know if, you know, they actually, I can't trust them. Years have trained me to not trust them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's just one of those ones where, look, they could easily be top of the ladder, uh, well clear on top of the ladder if they actually knew how to win a game or close out a game. Yeah, it'd be amazing. I mean, imagine a Richmond Premiership. Oh, please no. <laughs> um Then we've got Essendon's famous choke against Brisbane. Um Yeah, I like this one. It turns out after the fast uh, it turns out after the past few weeks they were talking about their opponents when you were talking about the comeback story. You got that one wrong. <laughs> Yeah, no, they've just been terrible. Oh, they really have. And um, look, there were shades of uh, early in the season when Hawthorne and Collingwood played again, and uh, for all intents and purposes, Collingwood got themselves back at the game, especially after they gave up, I think, five or six goals to two early in the game, exactly as they did early in the season. But... um, yeah, look, the Nathan Buckley era seems to be over. While sad, we opposition fans probably got two more years of it than we could have ever hoped for. Any other coach <laughs> who inherited a good side and, and drove them south would have been gone long ago. And I absolutely agree. There is nothing you could possibly disagree about that. And it has been at times comedy gold. He's been great oh, on TV, I, great on radio. Signed on. I hope oh he signs yeah, on for a bit longer. There's nothing better than seeing Collingwood anchored at the bottom.
0: <laughs> I know, and then you gave them Jesse White as well to really rub the salt in the wound. So you know, there you go.
1: You know, he actually beat us early in the season. It was an embarrassing <laughs> game to watch. But overall,
0: he was payback for their uh, for Eddie's campaign against everything.
1: Oh, I know everything, Sydney. Uh that guy is. A... He's uh, he's a character. (laughs) (laughs) Then we've got, uh, I love it. You've called it Michael Walters versus St. Kilda. I think this is very apt. It's probably one of his best games of his career. Um, But, um, yeah, look, credit to St. Kilda, who only a few weeks ago looked like meekly exiting finals competition. Now, after getting across the line against Michael Walters, they remain in the hunt for September glory. Yep. Agree, yeah. I mean
0: they're they're sort of hanging around, they're one of the sides you'll have to to jump over, really, to to get in the eight. So Yep. You know. Uh,
1: and they're not a bad team, and and we've talked about St. a few times on the podcast, and I've said it a few times that they're not a bad team. They can certainly play football. They're just inconsistent and a bit like Richmond. You just never know what you're gonna get. Have you played them yet? Yeah, we I beat them remember. by fifty points. Yeah. At the dome, mind yeah. you, so mm. Um, Was that early in the season? Round eight. Yeah, our third win in a row, round eight. Um, Back when we were actually playing some pretty good football and not leaving it to the last second to win it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, we've got the Swans game coming up against the Suns this weekend. Uh, We'll make this one nice and quick because I know you're uh, not travelling too well at the moment. No, I'm fine. I just... I've got this thing that everyone in Melbourne's got because we have
0: you know, lovely winters down yes, here one where I just reason. keep losing my voice. Um, and the rest of me's fine, but um, it doesn't make for good podcasts, I'm sorry. No, I
1: agree. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm not too far from where you are at the moment, to be honest. I'm um, <laughs> struggling in the background. <laughs> and um, I'll tell you what, that Friday night game made for some very, very cold viewing. It sure did <laughs> do you uh did you see that it was one degrees on the forecast at about uh midnight yeah i had I had
0: um some misgivings about going at all when I started to see how cold it was going to be, but um luckily where I was, you can go inside to the bar fairly regularly, <laughs>
1: yeah, and the way Melbourne were playing, I was doing that a lot <laughs> yeah. yeah, look um, I think even if I was near a bar, I would have gone into the bar pretty regularly if we were up or down regardless. But um, I know for a fact that most of the people on the fence who weren't wearing a beanie, myself included, were freezing their socks off. So, uh, so on Saturday afternoon, we've got the Swans and the Suns. Now, before this game, there is the Nifl Curtain Razor, which could be the second game of the Bionic Man, Alex Johnson, who is still on the comeback trail from his fifth knee reconstruction. Uh, did you by chance happen to hear about Alex Johnson during the week? I
0: did. I was um, I, as someone who finds it hard to commit to anything, you know, even watch a full series on TV. Uh, the fact he's committed to something oh, for yeah. so long is just amazing, you know. Um, and then I saw the footage of all the players running around him after he kicked that goal. So, it was a great story.
1: Oh, it's a fantastic story, and I, I think maybe. Uh a bit of a shambolic situation Arised when the NEFL didn't even Broadcast the match Instead mm. they broadcast the match Between two cellar dwellers And I reckon they had about three viewers <laughs> But um, So Yeah quick quick preview Of the game um, It's on Saturday afternoon at the SCG 4.35 um, Yeah that's it, how'd you like that preview Well I
0: think <laughs> If you can't beat the Suns. Oh, we're in uh, trouble. We're in trouble. You know, you're in trouble. But uh, I mean, you should you should beat them the way you're playing. I mean, I think I don't think you guys have quite connected fully yet. I no, I think you've got a bit to go. But not since the, Hawthorne the game right anyway. direction and uh, the Suns have been terrible for a long time. They're pretty disappointing. But I don't know. Lynch kicked five this week. Yes. Yeah. You know, so it won't be easy, but I think you should you should get up
1: yeah yeah it's um it's one of those games where again it's you just you don't know what you're going to get, and there's been a lot of talk and, and a lot of uh, articles written about just how even the season is, and we talked about it last week uh where I asked Rowan, you know does he think it's more the players, the coaches and the clubs who are, are responsible for the evenness across the competition, or is it more a f l driven and to be honest. It's kind of hard to see why it's so even. It's not like the really bad teams suddenly became really good because they're still kind of really bad. It's just the good teams have kind of, you know, come back to the pack a bit. They're not as anywhere near as good as they used to be.
0: Yeah, I think we're in a bit of a flux between, you know, we had the Hawthorne, Sydney, Geelong era really dominating and now it's a bit with those clubs just, you know, in different stages of trouble, or you know, yeah. apart from Geelong, really, but they've changed a fair bit. You know, it's just different teams. You know, got gold. The GWS have sucked in a lot of the talent, but aren't quite sweeping all before them like everyone thought. So,
1: and you know, not,
0: it is an even season. And I think some of the rule changes have made it a bit more competitive. You know, the, the you know, as much as it can be frustrating, sometimes they're keeping having to keep the ball in a lot more, and yeah. You know, I think that's all making it a bit more competitive. So, yeah, But the the real joy of it is none of us really know.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you go into every round and you really don't know who's going to win, I mean, we can do a quick quick look over the round. We've got Adelaide and Western Bulldogs. We both know it. With both of those teams at their best, that would be a very, very good game. But Adelaide has been flogged a couple of times at home embarrassingly so and and your lot did a really good number on them over at Adelaide over which I was shocked to see it could be another one of those you know where Adelaide just kind of think oh yeah they're a bit complacent going in and the dogs turn up to win mm. then you got Hawthorne and the Giants uh that one's um down in um uh, Tasmania I think US I'm not quite sure where US is Collingwood Essendon, that's going to be an absolute cracker. You've got the Swan Suns. I mean, if Suns really turn up, they could make a really good game of it. You've got the Lions and the Cats up at the Gabba, and it's not like the Lions haven't beaten them up there before. You've got the Saints in Richmond. That's a massive one. North Melbourne Fremantle. Uh, well, I'd usually say North Melbourne to win that, but to be honest, they've. Um...
0: Well, Frio got Sanderland there. Yes.
1: He's a- the season, so. But I think North Melbourne have been watching too many of the Saw movies and they've been doing a bit too much to themselves (laughs) (laughs) So um, then you got Carlton and Melbourne Oh If it could have got worse for Melbourne, I think it just did (laughs)
0: Well, I mean, I think I think there's a real, I mean, I think Melbourne will really struggle this week Mm. They've got serious injuries I mean, you know, you, you could probably argue our top you know, six, six out of yes. our top eight yes. best players are not playing. And, you know, that's, you know, and then some of the other key players, I mean, even Bug, who's actually been pretty good for us when he's not whacking blokes. Yeah. He's not going to be able to while. And Viney's now out Definitely. for about six weeks. So.
1: And he's your biggest loss by a mile. Um, That that guy is the the heart of him midfield along with Jones. And the fact you're going to have them both out, you've almost well, got no midfields.
0: You know, if Clayton Oliver was—he had his worst game against you guys on the weekend, and it was partly because with no Jones out there, and um, you know Viney struggling and not playing a lot of the game, it was just—you know—you you managed to just really—it was much easier to take care of, you know, yeah. Tyson and, and you know, and these. But usually, you you can't always do that. So,
1: look, and um, it's going to be a really a really difficult game for the Demons, but if they manage to win, I think that would go down as maybe their best win of the season to date, considering the situation they're in, because their depth in the midfield is seriously going to be tested. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But uh, I think Carlton are probably going to get up there. I think, look, they should. I think Carlton should get up, but this could be one of those you just never know matches. And, um... Melbourne might just throw caution to the wind and belt them by 40 points just as likely as they are to lose by 40. So <laughs> I, I don't think this is going to be a close one. It's going to go either way, but I think by at least four or five goals. Um, And here's another cracker. Eagles and Port Adelaide, but over in Perth. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, the Eagles, who knows now yep. after what they did on the weekend. <laughs> Yeah, they'll uh, go on home, you know, not no longer mummy's boys and uh, get flogged by Port Adelaide who got beaten beaten convincingly.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, um, Port, Port have just been really unimpressive and I think, you know, I'd be going with the Eagles there just because yeah. of, you know, Port's inability and travelling over there. I think it'd be hard. But, you know, they have one in China, so Perth's not that far.
1: Yeah, look... um. I was reading uh, reading an article today, I can't remember which one it was, I think it was on um, The Age, where someone was talking about the fact that Port Adelaide, even with their really high percentage, it's not that impressive because they haven't really beaten many contenders or really any good teams. They've really beaten teams that were quite low on the ladder at the time or really bad teams and they've really hammered them big time. But yeah. When they've played the good teams, they've really come up short almost every single time. So, and um, if I just have a quick look, I've got on this page I've got the odds for a couple games. We have got the Crows at well on heavy favourites at a dollar twenty nine. We got the Giants at a dollar forty two. We got Essendon at one eighty. We We've got Sydney as the heaviest favourites of the round. They're one thirteen with the Suns at six. Then you've got the Cats at 117 with the Lions at 5. And then we've got uh, Richmond at 156 against the Saints who are 245. Um, I don't think...
0: You're bigger favourites than... uh,
1: Who's playing Brisbane? Geelong.
0: You're bigger favourites than Geelong.
1: Yeah, but I think because Brisbane's come and done the, you know, the... um, the snatch and runaway job they've um Yeah, I find that amazing. They've come in a bit, they've come in a bit from twelve bucks to five.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, it's, um yeah, I'm not quite sure about that one. I would expect Cass to get it up, but look, you just never know. Yeah. But uh, now we can move on to our good call and bad call. So um I'll start off with Steven's calls of last week. He had a Sydney win. I think that's a good call.
0: Very good. (laughs) I I said Sydney would win too, so I hope I get that one too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look, he played it safe because uh, our previous couple of predictions were laughably bad, so... Um, He got this one wrong, though. Gary Ablett's 300th, not this weekend. Nope. (laughs) And then he had one game decided by less than one goal. Now... uh, I actually did have the scoreboard before. Let me just double check. I am pretty sure that it was more than one. I know my prediction on this mana didn't actually go anywhere near it. Uh, Let me just bring it up real quick. Uh, We've got seven points, 12 points, a lot more. Draw, eight points. Wow, and nine points. Well, I think he... I'd say, yeah, one game decided by less than a goal. Well, it wasn't decided. It was a draw, so... <laughs> uh, okay, now I had four games less than ten points. So that's, that is correct because I've got Eagles by seven. I've got Cats and Giants draw. Lions by eight. And Saints by nine. Well, would you say that draw is cheating? <laughs> it's close. All right, we'll go. Bram, bram. Struck that out. <laughs> uh, Swans by three goals. Uh, yeah, bram, bram. <laughs> they uh, they should have been three goals up in the first five minutes. That's um, right. <laughs> um, and Franklin five plus goals. Oh, bram, bram. It was so close. And they were trying to pass it to him in the last couple of minutes too. So, <laughs> <laughs> Now, um, just to finish it off, um, could you please give me your three predictions for this round?
0: Oh, for this round, really? Yeah. Um starting to turn my mind to it. I, I think we could see um, the Bulldogs lose and uh, be out of the finals this week. Yep. <laughs> um, I think uh, we could even see an upset of, uh, Hawthorne potentially beating DWS. Oh yeah. Um, just because it would be funny, <laughs> I like the idea <laughs> of that one.
1: Oh, it'd uh, be unbearably funny, but unbearable at the same time.
0: <laughs> and I think if Essendon beat Collingwood, um, oh. it's pretty much all done for uh, for Buckley. So uh, I don't think they'll move on him till the end of the year. But
1: yeah. you know
0: that that'll be beyond what they can hang on anymore.
1: Oh, look the writings on the wall uh, writings on the wall pretty much uh, where Buckley is concerned unfortunately but um, yeah <laughs> I don't mind him as a guy, but he has been hilariously bad as a coach
0: yeah, I think that's the thing he's always been seen as a good media performer and a good person uh, and that's what's kept him around for a long long time when you know he oh yeah and then those qualities he probably would have been gone a long time ago
1: and I loved his media performance um last week on Footy Classified, where he was criticising the doorstop nature of journalism, which is um, very much ingrained in AFL journalism and, and the culture within, so he's always set it straight, he's always been honest and shoots from the hip, but unfortunately that's landed him in quite a fair bit of hot water as well. His problem
0: is he can't coach. So
1: <laughs> yeah, if you can't coach, <laughs> this ain't this ain't the job for you. If you can't do it, no, no. All right. So um, now for myself predictions, um, I am going with Lions to win. Lions to win by under a goal. Wow. Yeah. Um. Now, I am also going to say that. Tom Mitchell is going to have 40 plus in a loss.
0: Oh, doesn't he do that every Hawthorne loss?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're right. That is a bit safe. I'm going to change that to 45. <laughs> <laughs> and I should put in brackets. Buckley will come out and ask, was it worth it? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, I, I was just trying to think for lols, but, uh, Oh, Saint Kilda and Richmond draw. Oh, that would be perfect. Yeah, be a meltdown. <laughs> yeah, just for last, but uh, if that comes out, that's going to be fantastic. Well, um, that's it for tonight's show. Thank you very much, Titus, for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: No problem at all, and uh, look forward to see everyone
1: come along to my show.
0: Absolutely, um, first of um, September
1: definitely and um i hope to be there I'd definitely love to uh see some of your comedy work yeah so uh, once again thank you so much for coming on look until next time thank you very much guys thank you for joining us and remember you can always stay in contact with us on social media and using the hashtag #Swanscast. thank you very much and good night